0: In 80 countries, in seven languages, to over a half billion viewers each week. The World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader
1: in sports entertainment.
0: Labyrinth, come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from here to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hello and welcome to
2: This Is Brendan episode 101 with Jeff Tyler Smith, one of the managers of uh, Ontario Professional Wrestling and also one of the characters of the sitcom that is Ontario Indie Wrestling. This was recorded back on July 20th. I'm catching up. I'm catching up. Uh, There's going to be a podcast later this week that was recorded in February. My apologies. But this is a rare social interview with Kyle Davenport. We talk about a whole bunch of job titles that he gets into at the beginning of the podcast. But... You're not always gonna have that time throwing Steve Brown under the bus I just want to enjoy it the topics we talk about the toy boy documentary Which the link is down below we talk about Iron Man 2 mint on card versus loose collecting CWR Dan Paisan managers Ghostbusters we talk about family relationships cartoons Halloween his history of writing articles before sunset Crip. chess pieces I feel like you shouldn't refer to people as chess pieces. But, uh, fire risks of his collection, job complaints he has, his relationship with his parents specifically, Batman Saturday mornings. Uh, the links down below are for Sunset Crypt, the Toy Boy documentary that we talk a lot about in this podcast, and New School Wrestling, his match versus Justin Singh. But you can catch catch Jeff on Instagram and Twitter, at KDAVJEFF. You can find Sunset Crip on Instagram and Twitter at Sunset Crip. Or click the YouTube link down below or SunsetCrip.com. Find When Geeks Collide on Instagram at When Geeks Collide. On Twitter at WGC Network. And YouTube at YouTube.com slash When Geeks Collide. You can find New School Wrestling on Instagram at Wrestling New School. Twitter at NSWIsBack and on YouTube at youtube.com slash newschoolwrestling. Just a reminder, once again, all those links are down below. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeff after I talk a little bit about myself in case this is your first time listening.
0: Hey, Simon, we're fucking them up, turning them cycles. Everybody rock, let's the house down. the and dust, we we'll be fucking it up. Somebody said you
2: Hello, my name is Brendan Caulfield, professional wrestler Holden Albright. A little about myself, if this is your first episode of This is Brendan, I am currently 28 years old, residing just outside Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I am currently a professional wrestler, Holden Albright, uh, and content creator. In the past, I've done magic, stand-up, podcasting, I still do that stuff, but I've also done it in place of pro wrestling. You can follow me on all of my adventures at Holden Pro and also at Brendan C uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Brendan Caulfield, Holden Albright on Facebook. There's a page on my personal page, but I'll allow you in. Uh, for nearly 100 episodes, and actually during this week, I will reach past 100 episodes. I've had self discovery through solo podcasts and chats with friends and people I truly care about and look up to. And you could follow along in my self-growth journey. Uh, I totally butchered that, but I'll fix it next week. If you enjoyed this content, please consider checking out my Patreon, where you will find over 300 exclusive podcast videos, daily vlogs, almost a podcast every day. I do a Monday to Friday uh positivity song of the day style check and uh it's the beginning of the month so no better time to get the most out of your membership at patreon.com slash brendan c b-r-e-n-d-o-n-e the letter c because for less than ten dollars you get the chance at up to seven zoom events daily podcasts daily vlogs exclusive merchandise opportunities and early content there's exclusive podcasts on there too i love I do ABC podcast with Kingdom James once a month, I do a Tiger and the Wolf podcast, there's almost 30 episodes of that, me and Kobe Durst, I do a Conspiracy Theory podcast, but that's also available on YouTube, but you get the podcast version of it, and the ability to be in the live audience for it, Uh, and if you're in that meal tier and higher, you get shout out on every single episode of the podcast, not just the credits in the description, easy for me to say. And with that, I would like to send a special thank you to Tommy Richardson, Jason Gimpy Mitchell, Rob Arbic, Uncle Bobby B, Morgan Thomas, Justin Zane, and Eric Thomas. Eric's my friend I worked at Cineplex with. Morgan is a fan from North Carolina. Uh, She's great. Even Mama Thomas. Mama Thomas is great. You get to see her in the Zoom events. But I'll get to the upcoming events before you get to listen to the chat with a very good person right after this. So. And yes, uh, before I get to the content that's coming up this week, where I'll be wrestling in the next little while, I'm filming something this weekend, but next weekend I will be in Edmonton, Alberta for Force Wrestling and Love Wrestling. Uh, this is my first flight as a person. Not not just in wrestling. I'm fucking nervous, and excited, and I get to meet up with, uh, my buddy, Spencer Love. And also, a bunch of the patrons are coming up. The Acolytes of Albright, which is what the patrons call themselves, are invading Edmonton. It's gonna be a great adventure. The following weekend, October 23rd, I will be in St. Catharines for Moonshine Branded Wrestling's ALS fundraiser. You'll hear Matt Terry talk about that. Uh... And on October 30th, I return to Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment, which is at the Battle Arts training facility in Mississauga, where I will be having a casket match against Johnny DeLuca. Me and him have had a uh, little bit of a history. He has not beat me, so let's see how it goes in a casket match. On November 6th, I do return to Barry Wrestling, who they do have an event this weekend, October 9th. I will not be there. October 9th, yes. I won't be there but please check it out if you're in the area, but I'll return to Barry Wrestling in November to wrestle Corey Stone again. I did sneak out a victory. It was just a roll-up. It wasn't a definitive victory, but he did attack me after the match, so watch him versus uh, a little rising star Cor- oh, not Corbin. That's his real name. Uh, Van Landon uh in barry and i'll return to face cory stone in november and then the weekend after that november 12th i will be in fucking vancouver i never stepped foot on an airplane and by the by my birthday i which is in like six or seven weeks join the patreon to find out the debauchery that's gonna happen november 23rd but uh what's it called i've never been on an airplane i'm gonna be on one twice by my birthday Kind of exciting i'm i'm nervous and excited but on the free side for podcasting on this feed this is brendan you get kobe christ jeff tyler smith the 100th episode is all the gas patrons matt terry is on and pb smooth are the podcast of the week ig live returns next tuesday october 12th at 6 45 p.m the instagram live is bi-weekly now uh and coming up zooms this friday night october 8th we are having a game night, to play a bunch of Jackbox games, fun times, and next week October 11th we have our Dark Side discussions Monday night, and Tuesday night it's movie night, we're watching Scary Movie 2. I hope you guys all enjoy this. Remember all the links are down below, Patreon, YouTube, my social medias. Uh, most importantly patreon.com slash brendan c b-r-e-n-d-o-n-e the letter c at holden pro at brendan c brendan caulfield holden albright all the links are down below have a good morning a good afternoon good evening good night just have fun i sincerely appreciate each and every one of you uh either the emotional spiritual or financial support it means so much to me you have no idea and i thank you uh, I hope you all stay safe, sane, healthy, and pursuing your own form of happiness. And enjoy this conversation. Oh, oh, oh,
0: oh. I predict an earthquake, I've been here. Say yes. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I predict an earthquake, I've been here. Cause we throw bombs on it, throw bombs on it. Yes, smash something. Yes, smash for me. Hey, yes.
2: All right. So joining me is Jeff Tyler Smith. Uh, Three names. I'll get into that in a second. But
1: if you had a business card, what would be your subheading? Pretty much the bio. uh, Founder and creator of Diamond Tiger Entertainment, horror movie lover, toy geek, co-host currently of When Geeks Collide podcast, and writer for SunsetCrypt.com, former occasional... Ontario Independent Professional professional Wrestling Manager uh, personality.
2: Uh, You are one of the characters of Ontario Independent Pro Wrestling, and I would like to expand the universe of my podcast and getting fans, characters, and uh, Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of anyone better
1: than... Jeff Tyler Smith. <laughs> yeah, character. Are we talking like shooter uh, fictional? Because I feel it falls into both categories at this point. Brother,
2: I picture there's a sitcom, and we're all just different uh, characters on the show. Okay, who have you been talking to that said that? What? No one. I I've said um, my whole life's a sitcom.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Because people just say, "Or, oh, right, if you ask our, our wonderful old friend <laughs> Julian." either page you just pretty treat people like well because this is true i used to say everybody was just a a character in my show and i'll just do with them as i will
2: <laughs> that okay i never said it as manipulative as that but i've just said it as my life's a sitcom it's like the truman show shit's gonna happen i just hope it's solved in 22 minutes and this isn't like a half a
1: season storyline Oh, that's true. No, everything goes in seasons. Well, no, how to manipulate, you know when this was? This was in 2010 when Iron Man 2 came out. We were talking <laughs> about the Mandarin villain. And there's that famous poster or comic book cover of the Mandarin with the chess pieces of like Iron Man and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's controlling the chess pieces. So I just once made a comment about if, if I could only have us all like, you're my chess pieces and I'm moving, deciding who makes the moves. That's uh, Something like that, I said
2: who who would be your chess pieces in this uh 2010 uh, social circle?
1: Uh 2010 social circle. Okay. Uh well Julian obviously and mm-hmm. Kurt, Alex. Um some still some of my high school friends at that point. Um couple people I worked with. And that's it. <laughs>
2: okay uh so i just watched the toy boy documentary i've known it's existed and i haven't watched it for anyone that hasn't seen it the it'll be in the description below it's a short little seven and a half minute watch it's a great watch it doesn't paint you in a in a negative light until you say something at the end that's very jeff
1: smithy oh it, it oh i like that jeff smithy um did you link it, did you get through it through Sunset Crypt, or where did you find
2: it? Uh, so I originally looked up Ad Antihero SOS Toy Boy, and it was the Sunset Crypt link that was the uh, the movie he made before yours or after yours, and yeah, then I the, needed- Don't
1: Get Mad, Get Used to It documentary. Yes.
2: And yeah. I, uh, I had to look around to find the actual link for it, but yes, off, off of Sunset Crypt, which will also be the link in the bio to get some traffic over there cool uh so i have some questions pertaining to that short documentary
1: sure go ahead
2: are you do you prefer because you showed the totes and on your wall are you a mint on card guy or a loose guy and what what makes you choose one or the other
1: uh i'm both there's well you know it's a hard one i find now the older i get the more like i'm stuck to keeping things in package, but there's so many figures like star Wars black series for the majority of those or the Jurassic world, Jurassic park that I'm opening up just because I don't have the room to keep them all in package. Mm -hmm. But right now for package, the star Wars vintage collection, three and three quarter line, That one, I don't open. I keep them in package. If there's really one I want to open, I'll buy a double of it. Okay. So there's a whole segment where I will buy two of everything. Uh, For instance, the NECA uh, Halloween figures. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good one where I want open and boxed. So so it just really depends. But Uh, ultimately, loose ones, they all sit in bins, which drives Steve Brown nuts. (laughs) But at least I can go to those bins and... Pull them out whenever I want to.
2: Okay, so because at the end of the documentary, it showed a little bit of you playing with like the Ecto One and the Firehouse. Uh, yeah. What do you actively play with it, or is it like a meditation kind of thing every once in a while? If you just get in the mm-hmm. mood, or are you like four to six PM? I'm throwing cartoons on and I'm playing with them.
1: No, I. In fact, I'm. I, this is something I almost want to get back to because there was a very therapeutic element. Of when I look back and think about, no matter what kind of day you were having, whether it was at school, and I mean not so much at work, but because that time I'm older, but even still, where you can let your imagination go and enjoy the figures you have, you're not going to have like when you're when you're when you're 16 or 20 years old, give or take the odd wrestling card. We can we can talk about that later. Uh, I'll you're take not that playing, note. You're not playing with the toys as much as you were when you were, you know, 10. So there was such a creative outlet and imagination. And I feel that's something that I have lost. So no, even though I playing, that was strictly for the shoot mm-hmm. that I was playing with them. And oftentimes now I, I just enjoy looking at them, sorting them, uh, especially with the Star Wars. And there's so many great websites out there now, like cataloging websites. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through, and my enjoyment is going through my loose ones, making sure, and I'm kind of doing it with my Jurassics right now, making sure I have the accessories, uh, what series is which, and all that stuff. So no, for and, and I would really like sometimes to just say bucket and just have a good old fashioned action figure show. It's something I'm <laughs> trying to find my creative outlet again.
2: Well, I'm a big fan of, like, especially, like, I'm 50-50. Like, there's loose figures on my shelves, but then I have stuff on the wall. There's stuff in package in the shelves. I like, it depends on it. And it it's mostly we came back from the Maritimes and bought way too many toys that we needed to open up some of them so that we could have some space. But uh Okay, I like this. Who are the we? Uh, it was myself, Alexia Nicole, Pretty Ricky, and, and Gabriel Fuerza.
1: And Gabriel Fuerza. Okay.
2: Yeah. So
1: uh, all the... So your generation of ripping off me and Steve as the original toy geeks, huh?
2: Well, did you, so. I don't think I
0: got a
1: chance you gotta to talk, talk to, about this.
2: No, no, no. It's not ripping you guys off. It's literally like you guys were the gateway for us. Like throwing in Julian in there too. Of it oh, was yeah. ex, it was acceptable. And when we filmed the Home Alone thing, because you are kind of t- tangentially involved in it also. Because I told Hacker and I told Brown where I'm just like, you know it's because of you guys that we're able to do Backyard Pro and this holiday special and it's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you guys doing the short films you want to do, you guys wrestling the way you guys want to wrestle, running shows helping younger guys, we saw that as you guys are our veterans and our peers that showed that this is acceptable, this is alright, and like I look at any wrestler that's kind of a little irritated, it's like oh, all these fucking nerds and marks in wrestling, here's the thing, we're all marks because we all paid to learn how to fucking wrestle and oh my god, my fan is the thing you're just ashamed that you didn't get to come out with that fandom
1: and people were like don't be a mark don't no celebrate what you fucking love i'll, I'll admit yeah and even going back that that's a perfect example there was a lot of that where you get together for the pay-per-view and you know and even the guys is like oh don't be such a fucking mark but it doesn't matter who you were the the greatest adage is the biggest marks are the ones in the ring yeah around it so no that's i really like hearing you say that and that's nice to know because we'd see you guys doing it and it's like okay we were doing this first but they've got their whole new bandwagon now literally yeah <laughs> but but it's it's great that you guys are doing it like wheeler's another good example yeah. right with the power rangers he was doing power rangers so it's like it's cool to see you guys especially ones that you could be considered and you guys probably don't but to some uh you know like the cooler group oh i fucking
2: hate
1: that (laughs) yeah but everyone thinks like the grass is greener on the other side so oh they're the cooler group but they're into the toys too but you guys could be thinking the same way it doesn't really matter so i I find that very fascinating from a a like a philosophical point of view
2: i'm very much a big proponent of giving thanks and appreciating like what came before you that allowed you to do anything like i I've been an Ontario indie fan since two thousand and five, two thousand and six. I was a BSE guy because I lived in Brampton, so oh, really? I always. Did you yeah, come
1: to the? Um, did you come to the shows there at the nightclub, the BSE shows? So I only, club?
2: I only went to Racks, like the bar and grill.
1: Oh, okay. You didn't go to the what the hell was that club's name up on Eglinton? And Steve and I were just around there doing a toy hunt. Actually, I think recently. it was like
2: Club One Eight Seven or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, there were some good shows there.
2: Well, I so, like, I remember the, like, when I first, so this is going to be a weird admission. Uh, when I first heard of uh, Del Bruno, I thought he would Dan Paisan. <laughs> really? I thought it was no. just, like, the next evolution of it.
1: That's hilarious. That's and, hilarious. No, Paisan was wrestling really working the scene by the time Alex was just coming up out of LLWA.
2: I even uh, I went to when uh, Canadian Wrestling Revolution had the all women's show and then also doing the like studio tapings for whatever, like Boost Mobile or something at the CBC building. And okay. uh, they threw out a CWR DVD that actually featured uh, Del Bruno in like a six man uh, ladder. Was it match. the
1: yellow cover? Hell yeah. That was the premiere show. I was on that show too. <laughs> That was that so weird because I, I might need to get you to sign my DVD then. <laughs> they were they were the um, they Alex that was one of the first promotions, mind you, outside of uh, the home based LLW and NSW that gave Alex a real prominent spot on the card. So I always had respect for them out of the, for that. What were some
2: other promotions around that time that no because. Like, to be honest, it's whatever the derivative of Squared Circle was. So it's like BSE, Squared Circle, Max Pro is thrown in there, and then, like, technically, like, Smash, Wrestling, or Super Kicked. And then very much, like, A1, I know of LLW because I enjoy the history of it, and UWA. What were some of the other... Like, if I bring up Fringe, not a lot of people are going to know, or even Steel City. What were some of those pre-2010? Uh,
1: well, um... Let's see. I mean, PWA was always around. There was uh, PWX, which ran around like Cambridge, well, sometimes Cambridge, Tilsonburg. Um, oh, there was another place near Tilsonburg, and they ran at the Cherry Bomb Nightclub, which Cherry Bomb then I think wrestled in at one point. Laura, she had now. to, right? She had to. Yeah. yeah, I remember being there for a show, and that was just a really small, it seemed like a small venue. The Tilsonburg was nice, though. Uh, i wasn't i i never got to be actually on those shows it was just fun to be at them <laughs> uh, i actually want to
2: finish up the uh, toy boy question because i forgot there's oh, a sure. lot of yeah, here. We, we're,
1: we're jumping all over the place because well. i was gonna say then there's another real gem in ewls we can talk about but.
2: i'll i'll take notes in it and we'll come back to that i already got a uh, ewls you say yeah I'm I'm a professional. I got a notepad down here with stuff and then I even have notes in the phone which I'm reading off of. But
1: uh Oh, that's good. Cuz so, we can go anywhere yeah. and and you still you know, and because I'm such a self-absorbed uh <laughs> asshole, uh we only have 45 minutes left. So, there you go. So, uh No, so it might continue on. I just your- have
2: Well, I will say there, uh, I get to see video in this call, but there is no recorded video of this podcast because you are the only person I ever asked to do a podcast with that had stipulations.
1: Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: but okay. So you see all your toys there and it goes, there's so many that he has to put them in his furnace
1: room. Are you terrified of a fucking fire? No. No, that's why something not? I can't even think of. I can't even think of. And now that I finally got my storage unit back, I not that I I lost it. I just I decided to get one again because it yeah. was absolutely needed. And I had this whole plan, like in May, it's like Operation Restore the House. So it's like you know people can come down again and hang <laughs> out like we used to in the day. And, and that went nowhere. That unit's full, and as you can see, that there's shit all still around me. So there's there's no room for anything. <laughs>
2: uh so i i can actually see behind you and it's one of my legitimate questions so seeing it it's funny is the workout equipment for you or like is it just for show
1: oh wow you can see that oh you can see this here yeah yeah this is my do you know when i put this to use 2008 when we first moved here how old um, were you then oh i don't know uh I don't know. I, I lost track after the 3-0. Uh, well, you turned 20, 30. Pardon? 23, okay. 24. And that was also another question I had was... Uh, but, uh, hold on. I didn't finish on this one. Yes. So, no, I got it because I was still, like, around wrestling at that time. Though, t- uh, taking more of a back seat. That's another thing. That's Matthew Grant's favorite thing about me. I'm another... I'm like the Terry Funk of... of wrestling personalities because i'll be done i'll do a show and done oh i'm done i'm never doing this again i'm done i'm leaving i'm done <laughs> i'm done and sometimes when i don't even plan it it just works out that way i'm done so i was already taking a back seat in 2008 but <laughs> i was still on here just to try to uh to get in some better shape for whatever appearances i did make uh and, and then that just went to shit and then i cluttered it with all junk
2: did you have aspirations of wrestling or just being a manager?
1: Uh, I I did I did do a match actually, um, but you didn't know that. No, I thought, oh wow, we got a yeah. That's my. Let's get into it now. Uh, no, but I did do a match. But no, the manager was. Ever since I was a kid, I loved the managers. Yeah. I mean, I was always a supporter of like the ballets and and the managers, but any of the managers i was always into that accentuated the match for me i never found it as a deterrent even as i grew to know the business more from the business side it pisses me off to this day and believe me i heard it recently um (laughs) (laughs) that so-and-so doesn't need a manager and that just pisses me off because i never saw it as a negative though when you go back in the day it was to help get talent over who sometimes couldn't speak for themselves or couldn't establish themselves but there was plenty of other guys that are still doing a capable job but they had that alliance just to accentuate their character and personality and that's how i always preferred to look at it so
2: (laughs) so your match you wrestled a match what year was this 2006. Okay, so like that. W- okay, that was before you were gonna hang it up. Two years later, uh, what were the circumstances? Like, was this that a student show?
1: It was. Uh, no, it was for NSW. Okay, but it was based on a student show because me, I'll pull story out of anywhere. So I went back to an LLWA story to <laughs> cross over with NSW, just as a reason to <laughs> come back around. And that was one of my longest good friends to this day. Uh, who I adore, I'll always be there for him. And he, despite any bullshit that happens with my closer friends or friends that you know, he's always had my back and he's always supported me no matter what. And that is just insane. Mm. So uh, we had a match. First ever manager versus wrestler NSW grudge match. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. And the thing that sucked was I got sick on the weekend that we had to do it. So the Saturday, uh, we were in training And I was going over it and I had some ideas, but some of it just had to get cut because I was just like, oh, this is brutal. So, but I did it and it was fine. And Ernie Moore was, he came up to me. He was proud and shook my hand. He's, you know, considering uh, I wasn't, you know, actively looking to wrestle. He said, you pulled it off. You guys pulled off the match. It's on YouTube.
2: I will, uh, I will link that in the description
1: also. You versus Justin Satan from 2006. Yeah, and people don't believe They think it's bullshit when I say that it's one of Justin's favorite matches. But you can ask him to this day and he'll say it's one of his favorite matches. Also, because that's where he first pulled out one of his finishing signature moves. I believe it was Death From Above. Mm. So... So it I might have I, been the first time <laughs> the DD dignity appeared as well. Which uh, is my move. <laughs>
2: uh, how many times has that been uh, revealed to the world? Is that like your blue steel?
1: The blue steel? What are you talking about, Reese and Josh? No, I meant like uh, oh. I I meant Zoolander. Well, yeah. Oh no, and I'm I'm talking about that. So you didn't know that Prodigy Reese Reynolds and Josh Alexander teamed. Uh, out of NSW, and they were also basing things off Stewlander.
2: I'm not gonna lie; as soon as like you made that comparison, my brain did just go, "Okay, I guess that was a tag team." But uh, I want to <laughs> talk about Jeff Smith.
1: Oh, okay, well, I'm just well, it ties in because you know, all, on those latter days of NSW, I was still connected to the CWR show. Reese actually didn't do it, but I was managing Josh and um, Dania. Mm. And, oh, and then we had Draven. For some reason, there was this weird. Uh, character, gothy character, <laughs> Raven, and he was with it. So it was Blue Steel and Sex Appeal managed by Kyle Davenport. It was supposed to be because of Reese and Josh in it, but then it didn't happen.
2: How did you get that gimmick name?
1: Which one, Kyle Davenport? Yeah. Oh, I, can, uh, I came up with that uh, same reason that Vanessa would later become Sabrina Kyle, the Kyle Bean from the same thing. One of our favorite comic book characters and my favorite hero villain, Catwoman, Ka.
2: Ah, okay. And where'd the Davenport come from?
1: (laughs) Well, you know me and my love of, uh, like, some underground B-movies. And uh, there's the director John Waters and his films, which uh, in his movie Female Trouble, which is actually not one of my favorites of his, um, the character of Don Davenport, played by the late Great Divine. So I wanted to work in a John Waters reference with a superhero thing. Ah. And that's where
2: it came from. Okay, okay. So uh, there is in this mystery, because Easy e likes to bring up that I've said he looks like he was in his mid-30s when I first met him eight years ago. Uh, When he was 28, I said he looked like he was in his 30s, which he looks the same to me. He looks the same from the past eight years. And I think it's now a compliment. And I've had many people tell me the exact same thing. I think Clay Wilson's one of them. and you. I figured that you were a lot older than you were and in the documentary it says you're 30 and it took place in 2015. So you're not 40 yet.
1: 2014. Ah, God, okay. I'm not 40 yet. I was convinced last year I was 37, which was, I was not. I was about to have my birthday and I was really like pissed off thinking, oh, this fucking sucks. I'm 37 already. And I'm not. I was only 36. So. I, In fact, ask me now. I still think... I'm only 36, right? I keep forgetting this. Mm. Okay. You look younger
2: than Rex Atkins,
1: if that helps. Well, I hope so. Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I love getting those compliments, even like Elias and everyone, because, yeah, and I say that always takes a lot of of work, but uh, I I try to not age too well. (laughs) (laughs) I try to not age too well. I mean, I try to not age (laughs) terribly. I age well. Well, there we if go. you
2: surround yourself with childlike wonder and you keep that mindset, maybe there is a weird correlation.
1: Yep, yeah, that. Yep, yeah, that. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm
2: just. I thought yeah, you were not, gonna go into this extensive like morning
1: routine and then sleep no, routine. No, no, no. Maybe I'm just not as as grizzled, you know. I don't do enough hard labor in my life. I don't know. <laughs> How
2: dare you not be depressed and angry and miserable with the world?
1: <laughs> I know, right? Uh,
2: but you're a uh, once again. If no one has watched it yet, please just watch the first three minutes of the introduction of your parents meeting together. And I thought this was gonna be a weird, blown out of proportion, like superhero
1: origin story. For you realize, a- like. I'm the only one who doesn't like that documentary, right? And it's pretty much subjective. Oh, I hate it. I didn't even originally want to be the subject of it. I wanted Darkstone, uh, another wrestler, to be the subject of it.
2: Yeah, but his documentary hit. would be Triple X rated if you bring it to a fucking convention.
1: <laughs> so- Darkstone slings dick. I'll say it. <laughs> so but the problem was why march the director didn't want dark zone is because he had just come off the alex kurt documentary Ah. so we didn't want like an actual wrestler as a subject alliance so i realized that the only other subject that would work for what he wanted to convey was me even though i i'm not a fan of it everyone loves it i remember i remember showing vertigo when a preview back in 2014 he loved it and i was like oh god everybody loves this. I can't, can't get around it.
2: But your, your parents, their little love story, how happy your dad is uh, just about the family and like the struggles your mom overcame and just like that little, cause every, everybody has their own traumas and like not shortcomings, but like disadvantages and struggles in their lives. And Everyone thinks that they're the only ones that deals with stuff because not everyone wants to talk about the bad and like that's something that if someone's watching it and they can relate to your mother's health issues, it's something that brings awareness to it.
1: Oh yeah, that added real gravitas to the story and helped put over the whole support of, you know, strong female characters as well. Mm. Which is a whole other thing. I feel like that's really been driven into the ground now. It's gone overkill mm. <laughs> with that. Okay. Like it's so. Uh, what what is that? Uh, that woke is that the woke movement which just one or the the me too. Yeah. But either way, uh, either way, it's like okay. You don't have to look far. Just look to your classics, and support was always there for the characters. People just didn't see it. So. <laughs>
2: Uh, you in the documentary it says that you worked at the UPS store. If you want me to remove this from the podcast, more than willing. But I one of my questions for you was going to be like, not specifically where do you work, but like I know that Diamond Tiger Entertainment has some sort of booth reselling setup. But like, what do you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Diamond Tiger does not anymore because uh, it did have. It did have a a flea market thing, which I had um, Robbie Reckless's brother, or Reckless Ryan Swift's brother, and his dad would look after that at the flea market booth. So I would team with them, and they got to do it. Then I didn't have to be there every weekend, and they had inventory. So when I started the toy portion of Diamond Tiger Entertainment in 2015, that's where that was from. But other than that, it was just the occasional toy show. But uh, outside of what I really do day in, day out is yes, at the glorious UPS store, formerly mailboxes, et cetera, for like 18 years. And, uh, you know, the bullshit never stops. And it's it, thanks to the odd great customer. that gets me through the day. Otherwise, it's a tireless, never ending growing line of, of shit. Oh. And that's my line after a long day today. So you're catching me I'm not a, on a tiring day. Of, of nonsense. Uh,
2: then I won't bring it up, but i Well, like, I work on the other end of the shipping and delivery. You're on the front... You're on the front lines, and I'm in the cog in the machine. But, uh, what's it called? Is during covid like how often were you just like fuck off like i just dropped off packages at the post office and they because something was going to the states they're like okay you gotta go on the website to fill out the customs form how many annoying instances of during the pandemic was it just there's only allowed three people in this fucking room get the fuck out wait outside those kind of moments
1: oh not too bad emma, emma Vera, the owner who appears briefly in the toy boy He did better with that. Unlike me, right? I'm not one for the masks and the social. Like, I don't give a shit. Just, just get out of my way. (laughs) If you're here, great. Don't, don't cry. I was never one to crowd me anyway. It's like, stay the fuck like out of my personal space.
2: You don't have the personality that is welcoming to groups of people. I will say.
1: (laughs) So, but you know, going on, I'll just bud through. So it's never really. Like, if we had a line, okay, a few people had to wait or just move them out really quick if they were Mm -hmm. dropping off something. And that's still to date. Otherwise, just be here and let's get the stuff done. So, no, I didn't really have any issues like that. Uh, No, it was pretty smooth. It was just getting things done and then it was shipment issues along the way or print issues, you know, with business cards or anything like that that would come up.
2: So uh going back to your parents I'm sorry but you have a great relationship with your parents like they are I was going to write down they're like your best friends but they're like very dear close friends to you it's like more than a parental relationship.
1: No I, well what well,
2: uh... So I mean like you're going on like movies with your dad you're going toy hunting
1: with him like those are the photos I oh, see yeah, pre pandemic Yeah, you just preserve those elements, right? Of growing up. So, yeah, I was pretty fortunate growing up that I had that. But I mean, like like anything, and I'm sure if if not for my mom's visual impairment, and she was still working at her job, she wouldn't be home all the time either, right? To do things, Uh, maybe we wouldn't have been going out with my grandparents, her parents at the time. But dad wasn't always home, and he was busy, especially in the high school years. So it's not like you know, it's not like we're there doing stuff all the time. It's just, uh, you know, I grew up trying to do as much as I could because, you know, you're not always going to have that time. And some people either move on or or you don't. And I, I, it's not like I was into any pressure to uh, to move on. Certainly, it could choose different things, but it's fine. It's a good setup here. But no, we don't. They're upstairs. I, I don't even know they're watching something right now. It just doesn't matter. I just. So I would try to keep that, but I wouldn't say like best, best friends. There's some days where I can, I barely see my dad. He's in and out with schedule or barely talk. And if my mom's busy with doing house stuff, it's as equal as much like me. If, if it's like a laundry day or something, just stay the fuck out of her way. So <laughs> if, if dad's home and he wants to do it, she'll like, get out of the kitchen. Like this is <laughs> what it is. So no, I don't <laughs> Very good question, but still tight knit. Yes, and and I guess that's just the the family.
2: Yeah, I I uh, I did not say it as a accusatory or like a mocking way. I did take it as a an envious stance because a lot of people don't have great relationships with their family and especially parents. So seeing it, it's it's one of those things that you don't see often. You see the negative side. So seeing that positiveness, I'm like. Oh, okay. There is some good in, especially our bubble of professional wrestling. Like, okay, there isn't all scumbags.
1: Yeah, no, there is. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, I didn't know. I yeah, I didn't know how to how to answer that. Or it's not like a you know like a Norman Bates uh, psycho. No, no, definitely not. I feel like I'm ripping off Michael Keaton's line in Batman Returns. (laughs) It's not creepy. (laughs) No. No, that's, that's what I bet. So there's still a lot of independence, but it also keeps me, it's like, you know what, if I want to be here for some reason, then it, you know, but when I have to be out and, and, and things open up, it's if I was out, I was out. If I'm if I'm getting home, if I'm getting home, it's because I'm choosing to be home. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I did not mean to
2: uh, accuse you of having a curfew or anything like that. that no, no, no. I,
1: actually, that's me putting it on myself i'm getting it out there because <laughs> i will be out and i will tell people or even with like kurt or steve i'll be like no no no, fuck this is enough i out. i'm going home that's because of me i've said that yes. all right it's like enough so social time what- what's that i used to say to them or used to still sometimes do a rare social appearance by Jeff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a rare uh this social event featuring jeff smith yeah <laughs> Uh, I think that's actually the name of the episode. <laughs> A rare <laughs> social interview with Jeff Tyler Smith.
1: I love it. I fucking love it. That's uh, great.
2: But I want to go back. Okay, so you're zero to We're all t- over the place. Yes, sure. I I'm done with the toy boy questions or uh, nice yeah, toy boy question. In my mind, I keep like swapping them. Like I don't want to say the wrong thing. So thankfully for notes. But uh, no, say whatever. You, say whatever you want. That's oh no, thing. I meant I didn't want to call it boy toy. Like I didn't want to get the oh. title dyslexics. <laughs> Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, So I want to take take it back to your baby, zero to 10 years old. I consider humans are not humans until 10. If you die between zero to nine, you still died as a baby. You need to earn the right for me to refer to you as a human.
1: Wow. Hey, I don't have a child yet.
2: Yeah, it takes you a decade. If you survive a decade, uh, you're kind of a person
1: oh wow i was i think i was very much a person by the time i'm like 1993
2: so uh <laughs> what were what were the first like nerdy shit that you got into and like the toys the fucking uh cartoons what was the progression of you getting involved in the weird stuff that you enjoy well
1: it helps it helps have well weird stuff or geeky stuff because uh <laughs> That it helps, you know, when both your parents love all that stuff. My mom with the horror movies, my dad with collecting cars and into uh-huh. so that stuff. So I was still raised with the action figures. Um, my mom loved Batman '66 growing up, and my dad. So right away, I'd have the superhero action figures. Ghostbusters was a huge one. Uh, Ghostbusters is probably the first major action figure series I remember having, like everything. Masters of the Universe was in there too but even still it was on its way out I'd say by 88 or so so Ghostbusters yeah that was a that was a big one those cartoons uh, my dad would tape them off TV so I'd have them um yeah I love Ghostbusters that's my original
2: I I've started going back to cuz uh, we mentioned it earlier about like reminiscing of playing with toys and feeling that calm that's why I even related it to meditation of clearing your mind yeah. like I i went for a drive earlier i i've been like thinking back to like when i was right before the pandemic and the grind of wrestling like it wasn't affecting me but i was just like i'm doing this as a business i'm doing this as more of a profession and i was like why did i start training what why did I go to training when I wasn't a wrestler yet? It's like, just because I loved it, because it was something I wanted to do. And like, I needed to rekindle that in myself. And then the pandemic hits, and I'm just like, looking back and trying to figure out why Ontario wrestling isn't bigger than Can it Can I just
1: stop me. you right there on, yes. on what you literally said? Why did I go to training if I wasn't a wrestler yet? Well, you yeah. can't be a wrestler without training.
2: Well, that's the thing. No, but like, so we, we know wrestlers now that are not that good, and they don't go to training. So it's like, what oh, right. What was the reason? It's not like I had a show coming up. Like, what was the goal?
1: And it was just to be so a you're wrestler. saying after, like, you wanted to, you're saying what, once you start, uh, we're nineteen. Oh, 2019 you're, yeah. so, okay. All right. So all like, right,
2: th- that grind of Friday, sometimes Thursday to Monday of like, show, yeah. show, show, it's Holden Albright. Okay, well, I want to go to training, and I would see some of my friends would sometimes drop in, but it was very much... This is why, when you even said, like, the cool group of friends, I still feel like I'm on the outskirts of that. I am the Jeff Smith of featuring Brendan Caulfield, because my circle... don't say that again. uh, Too bad, I'm going to say it again. But, like, that was the thing of... I would see, like, and you might be able to relate to this, but, like, if one friend is there, another friend will be there. But if that friend isn't there, that friend isn't there. But I'm always the one that, no matter what, I'm gonna fucking do what I want to do. And, like, the going to shows if I'm not booked on it, which led to more bookings, the showing up, setting up, all of the stuff that you don't need to do but it would help you out like that.
1: you're supposed to do yeah. yes like the yeah, things no, that are i was not I, I was not always there let's let's like be... oh no
2: no no i don't mean for you like my version yeah. of that's wrestling for you it's like i'm gonna go toy hunting i don't need my friends to come with me i'm oh, going to okay. go to yeah, the bar no. like those it,
1: comparison yeah 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 okay i see what you're saying i thought we were talking on a wrestling element no, no, here. no 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 oh.
2: no i i relate to my guests oh okay all like, right. I needed to rekindle that in myself and then recently during the pandemic of we can't do everything we want to do especially like toy hunting going to like a convention just like being out in public that yeah we go to work and then we don't have anything and especially being the type of person that was in a car every single fucking weekend what did I want to do? And it wasn't until recently I actually, I found some YouTube compilations of, like, Saturday morning cartoons that have, like, the commercial breaks, and, like, I'm a big mark right now for, like, 99 to 2002 ABC Sunday mornings or WB Kids, and, like, I'll oh, watch okay. I'll watch those blocks, I'll just throw it in the background, and while I'm editing or writing or working out, I see that in the background. Even recently at wrestling training, I just throw on a bunch of random matches, I'll work out, I'll roll around in the ring, and I'll. I'll look over and just see a random england match from 2004 i'm like okay i guess this is on
1: right now there you go see if you were watching x-men evolution episodes from 2001 that would be that'd be something
2: so what uh so yeah it
1: starts with yep. ghostbusters were you a cartoon yeah i don't right know again? where you were going with that but i know what you mean and this is something i said about the pandemic it's yeah we can't do everything and this is what bugged me so much about the you know the scrutiny i'd sometimes get steve would do it too but he wouldn't post as much as i, would. <laughs> I was just pand- throwing when- him under the bus <laughs> well uh, just for example uh when the pandemic started right it's like stay at home but walmart was still open the toys yeah. so what do you do you make it work for you so then i go out and then i get scrutiny on facebook it's like okay Fuck off, guys, because I'm still making it work for me. All right. We do the best we can. It's not like I'm just gallivanting continuously out in public. You know, I'm doing like one stop. Yep. But I'm making it work for me. That's so, how I, I got my think... Ghostbusters WWE figures because there no one was shopping yeah, only, and I saw that. I've only got one of those, which I found at Penn Center Walmart last year. Which but, one? Uh,. Great question. <laughs> it's in a tote somewhere. <laughs> yep, it literally is. I don't know. Uh, sometimes, see, I can remember what I got. I just don't, or where I got it. I just don't remember what I got. Um, so you just had to make it work with you. And whether it was ordering or going around, you know, it, it, it sucked not getting to the States, which is still my biggest grievance to this day. I'm, you know, it's nice that we're going to get our U.S. friends up here now and get Trey up here. <laughs> No, I had to throw that in. Uh, but but uh, just got to get down there. That's mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing. But to, to, all right. Uh, sorry. As back to our Saturday segment, morning cartoons. What were you watching? Um, well, okay. 96 Marvel Action Hour, Fantastic Four, and Iron Man. Okay. Steve and I talked about this on When Geeks Collide recently um that was a good one i mean those saturday it was a lot of a lot of tapings obviously x-men the 90s Mm x-men series came on right in the mornings on on saturday so i taped that uh sometimes batman the animated series was on on saturdays i believe but it wasn't until the afternoon i feel if i recall correctly So, so depending on what age i'm probably watching tape things or just playing with my figures anyway or we were out somewhere um Otherwise, watching movies, I think nothing of plugging on any movie, be it Aliens or Terminator at eight in the morning.
2: So horror films, you said that's a a mother influence. Uh, Where, where did you, where did you find your first, like, this one is mine?
1: I kind of taken, I I mean, I kind of endorsed the Halloween fandom that my mom started uh, as her favorite series. And then being traumatized by michael myers seeing it so young seen the first one so young okay i really was scared of it kurt has a similar story with chucky um so i started out with with halloween and and then horrors freaked me out and i wasn't into it until of oh, 96, like I'd always just guiltily watch the Halloweens. Even when I got older, 10, one time with my grandparents, I'm like, okay, going to watch Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Halloween 4, Halloween 5. Scared the shit out of me. Bad idea to marathon those. Um, I, like to the point where I'd have nightmares of Michael Myers. They had a collector's Halloween 5 t-shirt, my mom and dad did. And even at like 10 years old, I didn't want to see the shirt. And they threw it out, which kills me to this day. Cause it was a limited time promotional shirt, which my dad got and it was <laughs> <laughs> through it out. But anyway, after 96 uh, Halloween six had come out by that time. So I actually was watching scream. Yes. The first screen was on viewers choice pay-per-view. This was just as we were going. Grade seven was ending going into the summer and uh, the nightmare on Elm street films, or at least the first two were on, um, Movie pics, that's what it was called, with TMN. Mm-hmm. They were on movie picks, and I always wanted to see the Freddy Krueger mo- uh, movies. And uh, we had a computer program, a blockbuster video guide. You remember the published guides they used to make? Yes. And there was also a computer version of that. So we had that on our computer, and sometimes it would show you clips. So I'd see, like, trailers or clips from Elm Street, and I'd watch this. I'd be like, oh, I got to see this. <laughs> so, But I watched Scream. I actually think I watched The Elm Street first. To be honest with you, I'm feeling that yeah. So I because it felt like dangerous, right, to still watch another horror movie that wasn't Halloween, like something on our shelf at home.
2: See, I was uh, a pussy. I just never watched uh, horror movies.
1: Oh, <laughs> so when I got up one day and I watched, I first saw Elm Street two, then I went back and watched Elm Street one, and then I I loved them. Like, oh, I can do this. I'm right into this, even though it's scary. I've got to see the rest of them. So my mom called over to Jumbo Video, pulled them all aside. My grandpa took me over. I picked them all up, had a whole marathon day of Elm Street. Scared by the end of it, dreaming of Freddy, But uh, I I loved it. And then Scream, that's right, same time frame. Scream was on Viewer's Choice pay-per-view. So I watched Scream, and Scream brought in a different aesthetic because now it's taking a different look at these slashers, everything about Halloween and Elm Street. And it's like, oh, wow, this is this is new, and this is something I can really get into. Plus, with Courtney Cox in it from Ace Ventura, I'm like, I love this character. She's, she's amazing, and what a cast, you know, and really grew to love that. So that encouraged me, seeing like a, a Randy character and all these characters with their horror, it encouraged me to get into more horror because now I felt like, oh, I could really embrace this. So I turned my fear of Michael into a love of Michael Myers and just went all for it. It was a big year. Like, I know what you did last summer was coming out. So mm-hmm. I then saw that at the theater. That great eight year was really diving into the horror movies. And it just, it didn't stop from there. Those five years after that were just all Fangoria magazines, Rue Morgue, this horror, that horror, learning this, they're learning that. And then it's nice to know now that, you know, I've got to conventions and met many of, of these wonderful performers in the movies.
2: So your fandom was serious enough for the fact that uh you started writing and it was for 40 ounces of horror and sunset crypt like what was the evolution of you writing for someone else and then writing for yourself
1: i always loved i always loved the writing one thing growing up with the fangoria magazines was i love the editorial pieces right it's one thing to watch the thing but i equally enjoy reading about it and the hype the build-up uh the sizzle to the steak you know um So that was part of me. And that was the hype that, that, I mean, there was the internet there, but getting those magazines was just as equally exciting. It would build up the movie or if the magazine was coming out, as you saw the movie, you're learning a little bit more of it. So loving writing, which I did, I always kind of liked writing stories around like the grade seven, grade eight year and into high school. And of course, once I started doing like the high school, like the short movies and movies with friends, So it's like, well, I I could do this. I could write for this. And this is something, you know, I enjoy doing, especially getting into wrestling, writing a lot of, you know, recaps or promotional hype for the shows. Um, So then I just said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, do writing for publication um, through Mohawk College. And uh, at the same time, then a few years later, I was at the conventions and I met James and Chad, who were doing 40 ounces of horror, which was also a podcast. And I listened to them I'm like, oh, these guys are great. And then, you know, we're drinking together. And it's like, oh, do you want to write as well? Sure. So that's how that happened. They brought me on for that. And then I brought Kurt on. And, uh, you know, they had different things going on with their lives. And I, I didn't see them. And, and James was doing a lot of mask stuff. So that site kind of dwindled. There wasn't the, the reoccurring podcast and, and traffic going. And then Kurt really wanted to just do something as an outlet for him and and me to write. So Mm. that's why he said, why don't we do our own site? We'll carry on the content. Always, you know, I made sure to credit 40 ounces for any content we wrote for that. And then it's like, we just came up with Sunset Crypt.
2: Which I didn't know for the longest time that was a reference to the Sunset Sunset Crypt.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was, um, we had seen It Chapter 2, And it was late, and it was at Kurt's house. And Kurt's like, We need a fucking name, Jeff, because I'm doing this site. Like, I was going to hold off and build on it. Right. Mm. And he's like, No, 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 I'm doing this. I'm getting the domain. I'm doing it. It's happening. We need a name. I was like half asleep, and he was just thinking of takes on wrestling names. And I said, Well, what about Sunset Crip? Mm. He's like, Yes.
2: (laughs) Will they, uh, will uh, hacker collaborate, the corroborate the story of you coming up with the name?
1: Well, I sure as hell hope so. (laughs) Uh,
2: So, very much like for me and wrestling, and even yourself, of we were such fans of it, we needed to get involved in it. Sunset Crypt becomes more than just an article website. You guys have started doing your own films on the side. Was there any moment in your fandom from seventh grade to now of, okay, I enjoy reading about this, I enjoy all the sizzle, I need to do this. I need to act in it. I need to create something. I need to do
1: something. To me, I had already done that with my high school movies and even the the Halloween Bloodline film in 2009. So I had that outlet. And then I felt like after that, it just became so much of an issue trying to get people together and schedules that I had stopped trying to make any of these movies or short films. So whether or not they were good or bad, right? It was fun. The point was you were just doing it.
2: Hey, that's um, the first subject do it. Even with Kurt again uh, the domain for the website, you can't do anything without just fucking doing it.
1: Just doing it. Yeah. So that, the movie thing was really, again, all Kurt. Now, see, I I, I could bullshit and say, oh, yeah, it was great. We all came up with it. No, that's 100% not true. To me, I thought it was done. And, and just one of those things, much like, sitting and enjoying the action figures. It was just something like I lost along the way. Mm. And I, I felt like I could get back and I, I wish I could, but you know, limitations. So it's, it's, uh, that's mostly all them.
2: Okay so uh you mentioned high school movies uh but I I want to have another conversation down the road with a couple drinks and in person to really get into that cuz I also want to break down your wrestling fandom of from when you're a fan to being involved with the business to becoming the Terry Funk of managers of quitting like I I, would enjoy... I thought that's
1: what this show was about that's what originally I thought no. we were talking about.
2: No I oh, okay. There, there's enough drama and shit that's like, yeah, it could be behind the scenes, but, like, I want to delve deeper into the minds of people I know but I don't know well enough that I ask questions that I'm intrigued about. I don't want to just ask you the generic ABC. I want to ask your motivations, your struggles, those kind of things. And uh, you did mention, though, EWLS. I want to go back to that. Uh, what, was your, what does it stand for and what's your uh, story that you had on the tip of your tongue?
1: Oh well, no. I was just thinking of different promotions. So they were uh, EWS was out of Brooklyn on Brooklyn, Ontario, near Whitby. Okay, and that became kind of a an inside joke among the boys because of the promoter, who maybe has some some issues. Some uh, you know, he's not like handicapped per se, but he has you know, he's not sometimes all there. <laughs> not working with a pro full wrestling deck. pro
2: wrestling we could uh we could just say pro wrestling attracts certain people
1: yeah so everybody you know and he he booked some shows and, and they just be terrible and then uh i came on board with the booking story in two well this was this was actually later this was 2000 and i don't know oh the end of 2010 that's right So then I started booking for that and then, you know, getting specific talent and writing the shows and elevating the shows and not just throwing on anybody who was there and all that. And and people noticed there was starting to be more of a fan base and we did about four or five of those shows before they stopped again. Usual wrestling shit, you know. He tried another one after it, but... (laughs) So anyway, the, the whole thing was is that nobody came. They had like five people. It was less than a you know a 2006 nsw show and uh the, the it just tried to make it better than it was but it'll always have that stigma of promoter daryl extreme and these shows that he thought were great and nobody came and they were just a uh, do what you want shit fest <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh a very uh I would say a glowing review, but the opposite of that would be like a dim review. So a very dim review from uh, Jeff Tyler Smith on that. And I I didn't get fully to why do you refer to the three names for Jeff Tyler Smith?
1: Oh, because there's so many damn Jeff Smiths out there. Okay. Jeff, Jeff Smith is just such a boring name, by the way. To me, it's a very boring name. Jeffrey Smith, that's getting a little better. But I'm not going to go overboard on the Jeffrey because I hated the Jeffrey growing up. Uh, it's become a very, like, more elite name now. So if I go, like, Jeff Tyler Smith, it, it that Tyler – I'm always a big fan of the name Tyler. So Jeff Tyler Smith. That's just more – more established.
2: That is your real name?
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: The Jeffrey, way that you Jeffrey- said
1: – Jeffrey Tyler Smith. Is the the, the
2: way that you said you were a fan of Tyler felt like you just claimed the Tyler as a nickname. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. That's why no, I had no. to ask. I could imagine no. you doing that. <laughs>
1: it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of character, would it?
2: <laughs> so I break it down this way from what you just said. Jeff okay. Smith is a victim of a random crime. Jeffrey Smith is a bit of a dick and a pompous elitist. Jeff Tyler Smith is a murderer of Jeff Smith
1: uh no if you ask kurt i'm still a pompous elitist so <laughs> well
2: the fact that you refer to i could be jeffrey tyler smith but that's too elite so i'm gonna go for the three short serial killer name <laughs>
1: uh, uh actually jeffrey dahmer has the jeffrey to it so <laughs> we cut some of the there's no just jeff killers are there there's there was that yeah <laughs> was there there's a there was a storyline once in 2000 oh, i don't know seven there was a guy chris law and he wanted to do a storyline i think it was nsw oh, uh wow. cer- serial killer smith that we were gonna have oh, i thought about having like starting to knock people off and people getting killed off but then he had like this whole serial killer smith thing but i didn't want to be the serial killer
2: <laughs> so uh second last question what are some uh, future goals for yourself because you're question.
1: only 36. Yeah, thanks. Yes, 36 and a half now. I can at least admit to that, right? Oh you can uh, round up
2: to 37 like you thought your birthday was last year. Oh yeah. Well, it's coming up in
1: October. that, that then then I really can't escape the 37. <laughs> um I I'll be honest with you. I don't know anytime I I don't know where I'm at I just want to enjoy I mean everybody credits me for just enjoying everything that I have and do and now I just have to enjoy it again which is what I'm kind of saying and you know you, you you try to get involved with things again and for one reason or another just you know if something falls by the wayside so it's like oh well that was kind of useless again when Even you when,
2: say that, I'm sorry, I just, uh, that was very vague. So I'm just interested. Do you mean like professionally, like wrestling? Do you mean like personal relationships with people? Like, sure. wh- what do you mean by that when you sure, try to get of, back in?
1: No, all of the above. You can go with the wrestling bit for now. Okay. Anything, a- anything you want to get involved with. Undoubtedly, something is just going to go awry. So you just want to, I just want to enjoy things again. That's it. I just, just want to be enjoy. happy. Yeah, I just want to enjoy. I want to do my stuff. It's like, leave me alone. I just want to enjoy now. And I don't want to be bugged. And I don't have any tolerance for bullshit.
2: <laughs> and uh, lastly, is there a a song, or it could be even like a whole soundtrack to a movie, or anything that when you... when you have those moments of that childlike wonder, of I want to relax, I want to reset in this song. Like, I would honestly use this question of like, you need that last set in the gym, but we've established 13 years ago or when the weights got there. So what is that song that will motivate you and just like a little spark of joy and you're just like, okay.
1: Oh, I like that. Uh, That's a good question. Well, my favorite song is Life is Beautiful by 6 a.m., that was from their diary, the Heroine di- or the their album, the hero- Heroine diaries. Um, so that's a great empowering song, but it was from 2007. So to go back for a song before that, I, I,
2: oh no, no, no! Yeah. I, it's any song in general. Like that is a perfect example.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I even use it as my theme music sometimes. I, I just and, and I suck at it in guitar hero or rock band. Whatever it is.
2: <laughs> And uh lastly, throw up those we mentioned uh when geeks collide, we mentioned Sunset Crip. There will be links down below for your NSW match against Just Insane and the Toy Boy documentary. But where good can they
1: job at, Good job good job of keeping this within the hour? I thought we were gonna go overtime, but there's I, I, there's I, like a part two. We'll I'm, have to do a part two. Oh,
2: we're gonna do it over like tequila and like a fire or something, like in person of just like honesty drunk it might stay behind the paywall it might never get uploaded but we got to do it in person uh but tell them where they can find you when geeks collide sunset crypt and you're still a manager you can put over where you're managing right now and who you're managing sure
1: uh no uh yeah no you're not a gunner lane guy anymore what happened? That was two years ago. Did you not have you not been watching NSW, my whole little thing I just did there?
2: I literally only saw the photo of you with Young Love and uh okay. and Travis.
1: <laughs> All right. Well see I've, uh, I've had
2: one match with you involved and it was with Gunnar Lang.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were gonna talk about that, but we didn't even get there with that. So wrestling will be a whole nother podcast. Yeah, Gunnar Lang. So that was my there. That was my little story stint. With that, and we saw how it played out this past Sunday at Over the Top. So, continue to watch New School Wrestling. Can't say what my involvement's going to be with there, but youtube.com forward slash New School Wrestling. SunsetCrypt.com actually has the drop down menu, so it has everything from my own Diamond Tiger channel, which you know has the old wrestling footage on it sometimes, like the Justin Sane match and other people's matches. And, uh, Kurt's wrestling with myself, Steve's wrestling, uh, when geeks collide, both podcast and, and, uh, YouTube YouTube channel channel. (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and I even put Adam Barna's schwa wars up there now because we, a lot of us help out with that podcast. So I kind of brought it under the sunset crypt banner as well. So that's where you can just find everything on there and Twitter and Instagram at KDAV Jeff, F. K-D-A-V-J-E-F-F. And you can try adding me on Facebook and I might say yes.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Jeff. I, I really appreciate
1: it. This was fun because we talked about this. I think it was almost two years ago or as a long time ago, I mentioned about being on and then just never happened. So
2: I I try to get all the Sunset Crip guys on at one point. I think it was either right before the pandemic or early on during it. But like schedules like, bro, two of your like really good friends are going to be dads by the end of the year. One just had their kid like that's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. And I, I didn't even know that you had tried to do that until they told me after, which is kind of weird. But uh, I don't know, maybe you just lost my uh, communication in the mail for that one. Huh? I think it's just
2: I was talking to them directly, and I went, oh, can I get all of you guys on? It's the same as uh, earlier on, when I, I give you props for being a part of the group that made it acceptable for people like me to be nerdy and proud of it, for the fact that I saw them when I paid them to film the Home Alone match. I haven't seen you in, like, fucking, it, it feels like almost two years now. <laughs>
1: probably has been uh, i mean the last show i attended uh was the were you at the courage show there was an alpha one show after it in february just yes. before the pandemic yes okay at the uh at the cool the the germania club that's where it was so that would have been the last time
2: <laughs> well thank so. you very much uh <laughs> we're starting to go into overtime i told you an hour that's uh have a great day good. i <laughs> appreciate <laughs> have, a, that. have a good one buddy
0: There's nothing like a trail of blood to find your way back home.